They said getting started was the hardest part, but no one told you how hard it is to scale a custom service business. It's time for your team to step up, but your clients want you. Discover how to scale to seven figures and beyond by freeing up time and getting your team to run whole parts of the company so you can focus on scaling profits. This is the Hands Off CEO with Mandy Ellison. Today's episode, I have Mark Firth on from Linkedpreneurs. I'm excited to share with you this, this content because what we're really talking about is outbound marketing and how to use that in a way to actually have control over your, um, the growth of your company and, and the problem with referrals and with inbound, while, while they're great and they're definitely something that I've relied on quite a bit is that you really just can't control it. And, um, sometimes it flows in well, and sometimes it doesn't. So that's a place to be in your business where you really can't control it. And if you have to deal with payroll and with all the other expenses that come with running your business, then you can't be really having control over the financial health of your business unless you're you're doing something proactive to be consistently generating new business. That's why I invited Mark on to be sharing his process around LinkedIn. He's also a um an expert in in sales and outbound marketing. So um that foundation is one of the reasons why I had him um come on and share his approach and um also what people are doing right now that is making their their results on LinkedIn not so hot and what you can do in order to actually get better results. So I'm really excited to be sharing this with you so that um, you can really get control over proactively growing your company. So listen in and I can't wait to share it with you. Um, Mark and I have been friends for a little while here. We've been in a mastermind together and we've just kind of been helping each other back and forth on some things. And I've been I've been learning his system for how he does outbound lead generation, um, specifically on LinkedIn. And I invited him on the podcast. I said, I said, Mark, come on the podcast. I can't wait for you to share all this with my audience because this is like really groundbreaking stuff here. So I'm really excited to have you here today. Thank you very much, Mandy. I'm looking forward to uh, having this fantastic conversation. What I love about what you're doing is that you have a, uh, a really solid sales background. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not just about like putting together some systems that just kind of that kind of automate this and that. And, but you really truly understand the depths of, of, of sales. So um, this is why I I'm excited to have this conversation with you today. Um, So let's just first talk about outbound sales, um, outbound lead generation. So why do you think that um, outbound lead generation is really important? And uh, why do you think most people are resistant to it? Okay, so that's two questions. Fantastic questions. <laughs> okay. And the, the first, to answer the first question, this literally goes back to, you know, you have those moments in your life that you remember forever. For different people, they're different ones. But I will always remember my first day in my first sales job at a company called Zida in Nottingham, who no longer exist. If you're from Nottingham and you're listening to this, you'll know, may have heard of them. But I remember coming to the office in a suit all excited because it was my first job after graduating and um, expecting to get on the phone and start taking cold calls. And the guy, my sales manager at the time, goes, what are you doing? And he goes, well, I'm sitting down. And he goes, no, no, go in that office, read this book. <laughs> and he gave me a copy of Spin Selling. And 
He also said to me something that I'll never forget. Just before you read that, Mark, um, you see all these guys around here, you've seen the cars in the car park, because that time I was kind of young, materialistic, I didn't know what would make me happy. He goes, the reason they are successful in sales is because they are able to create business from nothing. Literally all they need is a list of names. It's not quite nothing, but you know what I mean. It's not all the tools we have now. They need a list of names, the phone book, and they're able to create that business from nothing. And until that ability is what will make you successful as a salesperson. And I remember those, I remember spin selling and the fundamentals of that and that message. And that's kind of what's driven me through my sales career, if that makes sense. And what was the second question? You've lost me on the second question. It was- Yeah, so, well, and, um, well, well, maybe let's dig into that question before I, yeah. the other question was like, why do you think people resist it? But I, what, let's dig in a little bit more around outbound and, yeah. and, and um, the typical way that a lot of service-based businesses grow yeah. is through referrals. They just kind of yes. wait for referrals and it's kind of like a hope strategy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how is outbound different than that? Well, our most, dealing with the topic of referrals, our referrals are amazing until they're not. And that's the issue because we just don't know when they'll stop. And, th and then they're not there. And ultimately referrals, yeah, they are amazing and you can turn them into a strategy. But ultimately having an outbound, outbound process and the ability to understand the, how can I put this the best way, the buyer's journey, i.e. when you're undertaking outbound, you're always going to be speaking to different companies and dis different decision makers, different industries, different problems, different symptoms, and they're always going to be at different stages of the buying process. The most important skill in outbound for me is recognizing where they are in that process because you adapt your messaging, you adapt your conversation, you adapt your um, tonality, you adapt, forceful is the wrong word, but you adapt how you dictate and manage the sales process depending on that because ultimately outbound is about managing the sales process. It's, you have to understand where they are so you can manage your sales process because if you adapt to the buyer's pace, if you adapt to what the buyer wants, sometimes you can lose that business because they may be doing different things, they may be different stuff going on behind the scenes. So as an outbound salesperson, it's not just about getting in contact with people, it's about understanding where they are in their process and what you need to do to dictate that sale and move that sales cycle forward in a favorable way that leads to you winning the business. You love it. Great. Thanks. So like what I'm hearing from that is just like being proactive yep. um, is, is what allows you to really have control over um, how much business comes in the door. Yeah, and to take that down to a very granular level on a conversation I had this morning, it was actually last night, he's in Australia. Um, sometimes on LinkedIn you get people, we get people, this, this guy's targeting accountants based in Australia, a guy said, I love your profile, um, I'd love to have a chat. Now, a very easy way to respond to that message might be, yeah, sure, I'll get really excited, let's have an hour conversation. Oh, yeah. He, he asked me, how should I respond to that? I said, this is what you need to say. You need to say, well, thanks, thanks for your message, Steve. I can't remember his name. What we find works best in this situation is a 15-minute introductory call slash chat to see if it's a good fit. Here's my schedule. And I explain the reason we do that. From that moment, we have control of the sales process. We, have con we are demonstrating authority. We're demonstrating we know what the hell we're doing. I mean, the doctor frame is massively used in internet marketing. We all know that. But ultimately, if you go into a doctor and, and they know that, 
they're confident in the next steps, go for this test, go for this test, you feel confident. And it's also really important because we don't know where they are in the process. We don't want to, on LinkedIn, what you have to be very careful of doing is jumping on a one hour call because outbound is all about what happens before the moment we make the offer or we go for, or we, we try and close the sale. And if you go on an hour call from a message, with them really excited, that's actually the most dangerous thing you can do because you know nothing about the sales cycle, the competition, you know nothing about the problem, the issue. It's important to get on that 15 minute call and then shape the process so it works for you moving through to the close. For example, scenarios. They may not be ready for, for it yet. They may just be shopping around for quotes. They, that person may not be the decision maker. So in that case, the object of the 15 minute call becomes get access to the decision maker. If they're shopping around for quotes, the object of the call becomes stamping your authority and go, well, look, we'll work with you when you're ready or, or what can we do? Or maybe there's some tiny bit of piece of work you can do. Basically, that's just a, a demonstration of how I took my B2B, back, B2B background onto LinkedIn and keeping control over the whole process. Because ultimately, ultimately, you mentioned at the beginning of the conversation, which is 100% correct. I'm about lead generation, but that's because the market is used to lead that the phrase lead generation is what the market associates with LinkedIn. In reality, we're about client acquisition on LinkedIn, but we found our messaging around that doesn't get as much traction because the market isn't ready for it. I believe it will be, but yeah, it's, it's about client acquisition rather than lead generation. But we, we have to use that messaging again because the, it's just an example of where, where the, the marketplace is in terms of its education and processes. Right. Well, and you know, using that... that um the doctor analogy too, if you just um, conform to their, their wants and they, the way they want to run things, then you can miss, you can lose some of the biggest, uh, some, some of the best quality clients because um, the, the more sophisticated a client is, then the more they're going to like to kind of push things around. Yes. But if you allow them to do that, they lose respect with you. <laughs> yeah. And there's actually a book I'm going to recommend, a, this is actually the book. If I was to ever write a book on sales, it would be this. Um, let me just find, I might have to, have to put it in the... the um, yeah, the, we can put it in the show notes. Yeah, I think it's called Unselling. And it talks about at the beginning of the sales cycle, that's actually where you have the most power. Yet people tend to get, accommod try and accommodate and be help helpful but this is not about forceful selling. This is not about pushy selling. It's about consultative selling. And ultimately, consultative selling is a process. And at the beginning of the sales cycle and first call, that's where you shape the relationship, mm -hmm. the rest of that process. It's so important. And that's, that's why we use a 15-minute call. It's so much more than a 15-minute call. It's, it's just setting the balance of the relationship, the rest of, the rest of what's going to happen, you know? Yeah, love it. That's great. So then... You know, I, you and I both, uh, we both feel, I, I think, uh, in the same way about, you know, loving sales and it's so fun. It's, so, it's such an opportunity to transform someone's life in such a short amount of time and uh, really help people powerfully choose for themselves. But I don't think everyone feels this way. So there, and there's some resistance to actually being pro, going proactively going out and selling. So what do you think that is? And, you know, how do you, how do you, what would you recommend to someone who has some resistance to doing outbound um, client acquisition? Yeah. So, so this is a really common question. I, and it's, I have quite passionate viewpoints on, on this because ultimately as a business owner, I'm a business owner. 
and I have a vision. I, my vision is to impact as many people as possible and help them fulfill their potential in their business. I want to target 10,000 within the next five years. That's my vision. I listen to Arnold Schwarzenegger every single day. Well, I'm not, I've, I have been. I didn't do it today, but, you know, I listen to it a lot. He talks about having a vision and giving back. That's ultimately about what I do. And I believe in my product. I believe in my service. So when I undertake outreach, I believe that I'm doing my target market. I'm not doing justification to my, the potential people I could help if I don't do it. That's my mindset. Secondly, as a business owner, I see it as my duty to undertake the activities that I can every single day that move my business forward and allow me to make that impact. Yet, I do honestly believe it's, it's, it's this mindset and there is a lot of um, kind of viewpoints on the media, don't be salesy, don't be pushy. And I believe in not being pushy. I believe in not being salesy, but I also believe in making a huge impact. And the way I do outreach, I don't feel salesy. I feel like I'm building a, a relationship. So it's ultimately, I believe, comes down to mindset. Me undertaking the same activities as someone else undertaking the same activities, we could view them in two completely different ways depending where we're at. It depends on our relationship with sales. A lot of people say to me, I am not a salesperson. They use the verb be. You know, that's belief level. But you don't have to be a salesperson to just reach out with curiosity, care, and concern and want to have a conversation with someone because you've got an amazing thing you can do with them. So I think it comes down to mindset. I really think that's where it is. And I also think a certain amount of that mindset comes through the, through the conditioning of, of a lot of people talking, do sales without being salesy, do this. Oh, I hate this approach. I hate this approach. You know, I think that's where it comes from. I don't know. I'd love to hear your view on it, Mandy. No, I, I, I agree with you that it's, I think it's, it's all about mindset. And like, like you said, coming back to your vision yep. and, and, you know, what is it that you're really committed to be, um, to be creating in the world? And are you more committed to your vision or are you more committed to the, your fear of um, looking bad or your fear exactly. of feeling pushy or whatever it is? And then just keep on, on working it until you find that right, um, your style and get into that groove where you, where mm. you know every conversation you have, you're adding value to people, whether they buy or not. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Exactly. Okay. So, um, what, um, you know, I, I, I told my husband about this. We had this conversation the other day. I told him that I've, I've been generating, uh, I've been getting a whole lot of clients and, um, from LinkedIn and that that's, it's become like one of my top, um, <laughs> client acquisition strategies. And here's the best thing about it. I was just looking at this. Um, even just yesterday, I realized that um, they were some of my best clients now are actually coming from LinkedIn, um, mm -hmm. better than some of my uh, joint ventures um, referrals. And I mean, I have lots of channels that that bring uh, that, that bring a new business, but um, I am loving LinkedIn because. I mean, while it took a little bit of time for me to figure out, it would have took a whole lot less time if I would have found you 10 months ago when I started um, mm -hmm. really deep diving and say, I'm going to figure this thing out if it kills me. <laughs> yep. um, but my husband was totally shocked. And he's like, he's like, LinkedIn, I thought that was just some, some lame social channel where, <laughs> um, you know, insurance, insurance providers go and yep. spam you with a bunch of stuff. So like, um, you know, there's this conception that like LinkedIn doesn't really provide results for your company because people try it and they don't work. So why are they wrong and, and what should they be doing differently? So yeah, the, the two biggest objections I see on LinkedIn is boring. And yeah, to a certain extent, I agree. It is a boring, clunky platform visually, 
But it's changed. I mean, the energy on there is different to like 2009, 2008 when I joined. It's not just full of insurance people and people in suits. There's a completely different energy. And it's not difficult to, 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 to get going with the right help. Now, here is the critical thing about LinkedIn. You hear people saying, oh, LinkedIn doesn't work. Or you hear the exact opposite. Someone actually said to me in a, phone, in a sales call this week, oh, well, why don't I just go and get a $20 course from Udemy or whatever and, and just do it? And, and here's the thing, yeah? LinkedIn, there's, there's so it, to get people on the phone on LinkedIn, it's not difficult. But to get the right people on the phone and then convert them to clients, that is difficult. Yes. If you just go out on LinkedIn, I could go on LinkedIn now and I guarantee I could get about 20 phone calls this month of people pitching me their services. It's not difficult. Just say, oh, I need a LinkedIn coach. Yeah, you, you, you won't have a spare gap in your, in your calendar. But in order to move people through an entire sales process to becoming clients, that's an art and a science. It's really difficult. You've got to balance multiple calls. You've got to control the content they see. You've got to make sure they're brought into you emotionally, logically, i.e. you've got to pre-sell them just like you would do with a webinar funnel on, link, on, on Facebook where they go from a, for those that you don't know, they'll typically see a Facebook advert. Then you'll get directed to a webinar where you'll watch someone when you'll listen to someone for 45 minutes, extended um, exposure to their content. Then you will be given uh, some authority pages and then you will go on a call. That's four steps, yeah? And not only that, it's inbound. You're attracted to them, you see their stuff and you go through and book the call yourself. Right. LinkedIn, you also need to have multiple steps um, and you also need to battle the fact that people aren't on, on LinkedIn for as long as they are on Facebook, i.e. they don't spend as much time on there. They won't respond to the message immediately. There's lots of noise. There's lots of people trying to do networking. You know, maybe there's other people pitching them the same stuff using. So, yeah, ultimately, you've got to have a process that acquires you clients, not gets you leads in the calendar that makes you feel busy. And a $20 Udemy course will not do you that. It will show you how to set up the searches. It will give you some scripted templates because ultimately everyone's templates have got to be, everyone's messages, sorry, have got to be different. You can't take templated scripts from a program and then just expect to plug them in and people to reply. I mean, come on, there's people are getting pitched all the time. You need right. to control, you need to control the process. You need to disarm people that you won't sell them. You need to make use of time between messages. You need to use clever content. You need to control what they see. And ultimately, if I can conceptualize it, you need to build a relationship. There's so much LinkedIn stuff based on automated software and just running these kind of templates all the time. Yes, you can use automation to a certain extent, but you need to build a relationship. Does that make sense? It's quite long-winded answer. Yeah, absolutely. I found that exact same thing because like I've, like I've said, I've, I've been testing this for the past 10 months. Mm. And I found exactly that. Like, I could definitely get people on my account, yeah. but man, it was just... It, it was just a real drain. And here I was, I have these other, like you said, the, the Facebook ad funnels. I don't actually use Facebook ads, but I have, um, I have other marketing that um, funnels people in where they're, they're applying to work with me and I'm getting on the phone with them and they're, and like, I have a really good close rate on it because people have already looked mm -hmm. at everything. They're, they're, um, they're all ready to go, you know, yeah. but then contrast that throwing into the deep end of LinkedIn and then like, whoa, was that ever different? And um, I realized the, the huge gap that I had between um, an inbound strategy that is everyone that you have leads that are already qualified that just show up in your inbox, which sounds fantastic and all they, uh, that, but 
Like it takes a whole lot to get to that point. And thousands. <laughs> uh, and thousands. Yeah, yeah. Actually, many years. That's that's yeah. it's taken many years for me to get to that point, and then move over to LinkedIn and where I could like generate phone calls with qualified people, but like they they'd get on the phone and be like, pitch me, pitch me, pitch me. I'm serious. Like they would say that. <laughs> and um, so like I had to learn how to deal with that because when you actually do pitch them, guess what they tell you that you are? Pushy. <laughs> Pushy. Yeah, you've got to they control the process. And the other thing that people- Right, so <laughs> tell us how, how I do it all that, that all wrong and what to do instead. Well, this is the other thing that um, this, this is fundamental. Like there's lots of courses out there where they've just taken messaging funnels they've seen elsewhere or they've just designed something and they've put it together, they've whacked it in an online course. And I admire that entrepreneurship. Ultimately, the intention is good. But the problem is they don't understand why they're doing what they're doing. And in order to understand the difference between LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube, just to go a bit deep on that. On YouTube, talking about the buyer journey, you've got people going, how do I get a baby to be quiet? How do I get a cover photo to fit in my group? How do I get leads on LinkedIn? In other words, they're aware they've got a problem and they're looking for a solution. That's why YouTube is amazing for advertisers. Take Facebook, step back. You can target people based on a problem. I.e., Maybe they've got a problem, but they're not yet looking for a solution because they have amazingly clever pixel data. So they can tell, they can help people that sell baby clothes to know, they can find people that are pregnant based on the websites they're going to based on their behavior on um, Facebook, i.e. interest-based targeting, i.e. they have a problem. Now, I'm just using the word problem you use loosely because being pregnant clearly isn't a problem but they have a situation that they need to solve now take a step back to linkedin you don't have the ability to look for people with interests you don't have the ability to look for people that are looking for a solution because the, the search is not great it's a bonus but it's not something you can rely on like youtube so what you have to do on linkedin is you have to start at the symptom level all your messaging needs to be based around the symptom level your personal brand and and your story at the symptom level, um, including your messaging. Because when you go on LinkedIn targeting, you've got things like demographic information, like geography, zip code, um, how long they've been in their company. So you have to be able to take your offer and look at the searches and go, if I connect with 100 people, will 90 of them be suffering from the symptoms that my target market, target market does, or 80 or 90%? If their answer is yes, you can do it but you've got to be able to go in at that symptom level and then move them through the entire process. That's the key difference between the other social media platforms. And that's where people fall down because they don't have that conceptual understanding before they go on there and do all the usual stuff they say in the courses, like update your profile, do your messaging, messaging funnels, get on the phone. They don't understand what they need to do um, in order to make that happen. And that's, that's a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where I've seen the gap in with those too, because I, I mean, I've consumed a lot of that content. I've learned um, from another, a, a number of other LinkedIn experts and, um, and I, I have seen missing like the understanding of where the buyer is in the journey mm. and how to, how to move them to um, where they need to be in order to be receptive to, um, to potentially working with you or to, to even qualify whether they're a good, a good fit. So, yeah. Sorry. No, I was going to say, which brings us to this next key point here, because, um, and I know this is something that you and I um, both both uh, really strongly believe in, because I had you come speak to my my private group of clients and and train them on this. Mm -hmm. So um, let me just 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 to show how much of a fan I am with Mark, right? 
But um, there is, there's a really key aspect to positioning yourself um, on LinkedIn, but just in general in your business that, make, that makes outbound marketing work or what makes it not work at all. So, so um, what is that one thing? <laughs> Which one thing is it? You've lost me. Are we talking <laughs> I know. about the positioning or the branding or the name? Or- right. So, so actually, yeah, I, I know that when I was saying that, I'm like, you know what? He might not know what this one thing is <laughs> I'm alluding to. So <laughs> thanks for that. So what I am referring to is, is, um, that, is that one problem that you're sol- solving for that one kind of um, yeah. client. When you when you're really clear on like this is this is the the problem we're solving for who then it's really easy to to actually reach out to this specific target market on LinkedIn, but unless you have that messaging around that problem, then it's going to just go on deaf ears. Yeah, totally. Stay away from resume based profiles, i.e., your job title, and that means that I forbid anyone coming in my program, the majority of coaches and consultants to refer to themselves as a coach or a consultant. Because ultimately, I think there's nearly 2 million coaches if you do a keyword search on LinkedIn. And you're just not differentiated. And the first of all, the key to personal branding is to be differentiated and, and stand out in the marketplace. And secondly, a coach is, is a job title. It's not an outcome. And it's all about the outcomes on LinkedIn. They're looking for a very... Set- we need to be extremely relevant to a very specific group of people. So they pass what I call the idiot test. They know exactly what you do for them. They know exactly how you, you can help them without moving outside of their, their kind of lizard brain into the thinking brain. If they have to think, they're gone. Um, we, like, I just actually posted in my group to get my positioning. I think I did 131 different iterations of my positioning just to get it right. It's got to be that good on LinkedIn to get results. It's got to be that good. Well, great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Cause you know, even you uh, as an expert, you've had to, to um, yeah. go through what over 40 different innova- iterations to get it right. 131. I mean, there's so 131. Okay. people don't see what goes behind, behind the scenes in terms of copywriting and iterations and testing. And it's, I'm here to shortcut that now, obviously, but yeah, that was what we had to go through while we're learning what worked on LinkedIn. All right. Well, well then, um, yeah, what is the shortcut way of um, in, of um, getting all those pieces in place, and what kind of results can someone expect from LinkedIn when you do it the right way? Well, this is I love talking about this because um, the, the, you know there's so much. Most of the people listening to this are in the internet marketing industry, yeah. No, um, um, not necessarily. It's okay. service-based businesses. Service-based um, businesses, perfect. So, yeah, look. <laughs> We've never, ever, ever had anyone get less than 10 meetings a month coming through our group program. And what do I mean by 10 meetings a month? I mean someone that knows what you do, someone who wants to have a conversation with you, and with someone you have the beginning of a relationship with. Typically, it's about 10 to 20. Um, That's what you can expect on LinkedIn. And what does that cost you? It costs you, in terms of the LinkedIn software, costs about $160 a month plus your time, and that's about an hour a day. So anyone who's looking to go on LinkedIn, it's not a massive cost, it's organic, and, and ultimately, it's, it's, I mean, it sounds so cliche to say, but you just need to get someone to show you what to do. Mandy, you've spoken about 10 months to get this going, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people come, people think they can just go and get like some basic course and have it ready, but that's not the reality. You have to have the feedback 
in terms of what's going to work, what you're missing, where your branding has gone wrong, where the messaging is, what's not, no, that's not a symptom. You're never going to get that. That marketplace isn't going to work. Dentists are not going to work because they're not active. Things like that. Because there's so many industries where people are not, they're on LinkedIn, they have a profile, but they're not active. You need to go and speak to someone who's invested in your success before you go and spend time on there. When your market's not even active. And when you do that, you do it in the wrong way because you, you could just burn through your contacts. You could burn through your potential marketplace and destroy your reputation with awful messaging if you hire the wrong person. And ultimately, like, that's just short-sighted. It's just short-sighted. You're in coaching, consulting, service-based businesses. Your reputation is everything. Your reputation is everything. You don't want to destroy that with some crap templates you've got from some online course, you know? Right. And a lot of those systems, actually, they could, they could generate a lot of calls for you, but really the way they do it is in a way that really degrades your authority as a professional. Exactly. Um, as, and, um, you know, I had, I have done some of them because it's just based on someone's advice or like, you know what, like if, if they, they're advising me to do this, I'm just going to try their system. And while it kind of worked, what it did is it, it just didn't feel good to me. It felt kind of yucky. And, um, you know, when I started using your process, I found that like, I'd be able, I would do more of it. I was more willing to do it. I didn't have that resistance that I did before um, to doing it because I felt like I was really being of service. And now when I, when I do my outreach on LinkedIn, which I manage all myself, by the way, I used to hire someone to help manage it because there were so many moving pieces. But now you showed me a system to be able to manage this in a way that it really doesn't take very much time. And, I, and I'm, I'm showing up to actually add value to people and have, have meaningful conversations with people in a way that doesn't devalue my, um, my authority as an expert. Yeah, this is so critical um, because one, one of the great things about LinkedIn is you can go in, in the sales navigator, which is the premium version of LinkedIn, and you can run the search and you can get an idea of your market size and you can get an idea of how many are active. That's fantastic. But if it's not massive, you could burn through them in two months just with some rubbish messaging and be like, what do I do now? And it's, it's just a short-term view. And, and yeah, especially, in my opinion, it's much better to, to get the quality leads, to get, get them through to becoming a client than just go about it quick, 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 meeting, 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 and feel good because meetings are ultimately a vanity measure. Getting cash in the bank, that's not a vanity measure, making impact on your clientele and, and having that cash. It's not an impact. That's not a vanity measure. That's solid return on investment. And that's what we're interested in. Right. Great. Well, um, if someone is, is going to be starting, you know, dipping their toe into LinkedIn and seeing, you know, is this, is this a good strategy for us to um, mm -hmm. going out? What are some of the things that, that would make it a good fit for their business? Okay, so LinkedIn, you need to have an offer that you or people in your marketplace are selling for $3,000 or more minimum. Um, the reason for that is LinkedIn is not massively scalable. I love LinkedIn. LinkedIn's amazing um, to get great run rate organic business, as you just mentioned, Mandy. But it's not going to make you a million because you can't scale to the point you can maybe paid advertising or Google because there's a limit on the amount of people you can interact with and connect with. Otherwise, that's not what LinkedIn is about. It's not about connecting with a thousand people a day. So it needs to be under three thousand. Sorry, over three thousand dollars upfront or monthly, whatever. Yeah. Secondly, you can you can go onto LinkedIn and you can 
you can get a month's trial on what's called Sales Navigator. It's one of their premium services. And that allows you to run a search where you would run, for example, um, business coach located in New York, active on LinkedIn, if that's your market. Get an idea for the size of your market. And if very few are actually active, i.e. 1,500, 2,000, you know, above, you need above that really to just have a long-term sustainable platform, then maybe it's not a long, good long-term investment, but you might get some quick wins. Second, that's the, the two things you can do just to, get, just to get an idea of if your services are fit and if your target market's on there. The third thing you can do, and this is just giving away a bit for my course, that might get you some quick wins is everyone's got a timeline of your, their life. You've got some major events in your life. Like you went to college, maybe you had a first job at a certain business, maybe you lived in a certain city. Think about those timelines, run the search based on them, reach out to people. Hi, I see you went to Harvard, or I see, I did too, I didn't go to Harvard, just an example. Um, I'm from the UK. Um, so you can search Harvard business owners, I see you went to Harvard, um, saw you running a business now like me, reaching out to connect with a fellow business owner, how's been life been treating you since then? I got my first clients in my business from reaching out to my alumni network of business owners because you're part of their world. Find people that are part of your world before you start connecting with cold people. And that might just get you a client very quickly. You just don't know. Love that. Thanks. So, so then I'm just going to reiterate, if, if you are considering whether this is a, a good strategy for your business, you first have to have a high ticket item, at least $3,000. I wouldn't even say that, that that's even that high ticket, but $3,000 yeah. minimum yeah. and um, actually do a test to, to look at the market. It, mm. See if it's on um, LinkedIn and see if they're active. Yeah. And then, and and then go ahead. Just Sorry. reach out and connect with them with the intention of being curious, building a relationship and having a chat. Do not pitch. <laughs> that's that's right. the key message. Yeah. And, and you know what I, I have noticed from you doing this, this approach is that people are pleasantly surprised and they're like, you haven't pitched me. You're actually like asking me these, these great questions. And um, they're really surprised that you're not just going for the juggler. Believe me, pitching someone is actually better than the lowest one, which is when you just connect with someone without even sending a message. I mean, like, I get them all day. Like, I'm like, who is this person? They haven't even bothered to write me a message to explain to me why they would like to connect with me. So that's the lowest one. The next one up is pitching. I suppose at least pitching, you've made an effort to interact with a person. But yeah, just, just try and treat some. I always give the example of if you're in a line to check in the Marriott or the Hyatt, a hotel or in a shop, and you're stood next to someone and you've got a long line, you know, you wouldn't go to tap them on the shoulder and go, I can help you get 10 leads a month. You would just have a conversation. How are you? What's going on? Great. I love your jacket. What are you doing here in town? Just base your, your connect messages on normal patterns of human interaction, i.e. treating people like a fellow human being and not an ATM, and you will be well above the majority of LinkedIn. <laughs> no, I think that's great advice. Okay, so then, um, then now, now what are, let's, let's just outline a couple things. What are the things that they need to be successful then on LinkedIn? Now that we've validated, yes, this could be a good strategy. Now, what do they need to actually be successful with it? By far and above, we've touched on this earlier in the conversation, is the mindset of helping. It's the intention that you take to the platform. The intention you take to the platform is going to shine through in everything you do. 
It's going to shine through in your profile. It's going to shine through in your messages. It's going to shine through in your content. I.e., again, it's it's the mindset stuff. It's who you are as a person. It's the intentions you bring to the table when you're doing business, and that comes to who you are and your mission and the reason you're in it to make to do business. That's the overarching one. The second one is just again, it's the fundamentals of any platform. It's understanding your marketplace and how to engage them, what they're suffering from at symptom level, the underlying problems behind that, and how you can move them through the process so they want to take action. It, but yeah, by far the most important is this, it's, it's, it's this relationship building. Relationship building is key. Got it. Um, and, and one of the things that I, I know I've uh, really got some help with you on is the symptom level. Yep. And, and um, here's the thing is that you, you can take something and, and tweak it just ever so slightly and get much better results. Yep. And that's something that I, I, I learned from you and um, how to really talk about it, talk about the problems that um, your prospective clients have in a way that they really like can hear it. And I'm obsessed with that. I'm, I'm, I'm really obsessed with it. I will just cut down stuff. I will say, no, that won't work. You know, we, it's just, it's got to be done in a certain way. Otherwise your marketplace is gone. You've lost it. Right. Well, and you know what this has been fun too, is that um, some of the strategies that I learned from you, I actually took it over to other, other platforms yep. and it works just as well in other platforms too. And I was, I was able to bring in some clients from di- different places um, using the exact same strategies, but in a different place. Full transparency. <laughs> I haven't tried that. And I actually wrote Amanda's comment this morning when she explained that. I'm going to be talking to Mandy about this podcast, about how she's done that, because I love that, that you've been able to do that. That's just amazing, because I hadn't thought of it. And maybe it's time for me to expand beyond LinkedIn as well. So yeah, that makes me so happy to hear. Well, and I think that where the, where the real, the, the real um, like way to supercharge this is when you can kind of connect and interact with the other platforms that you might have. So if you have a following on Facebook, you know, getting from uh, LinkedIn over to Facebook, that, that's been some, uh, a strategy I've used that works really well yep. because people interact more on Facebook and it's more personable and um, you remove them out of that, that um, place where maybe they're, um, they're expecting to be pitched to being on mm-hmm. Facebook where your buddies. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a great strategy and I love the resourcefulness because ultimately the more platforms you have them on and the more you're interacting with them on a personal level, a business level, maybe this content is more formal here, maybe they're seeing a different side to you there. They're ultimately discovering who you are as a person and we all know people buy from people. They know people they like and people they trust. It's cliched, sorry to repeat it, but it's just so true. And if they see you in your different environments, the probability of them becoming a client increases. And so great, yeah, it's a fantastic strategy you've got there. And plus the groups in LinkedIn, they're really not great. I've never bothered with them. And uh, I noticed you brought them on Facebook and it's worked much better for you doing it that way, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, um, well, Mark, um, is, is, there, is there any um, last words of wisdom that you would like to impart? Yeah, I just want to say that it's been a fantastic interview. And I, I really genuinely hope that anyone listening has has felt has, has had a nudge that if they're not on LinkedIn, maybe it's time to go and have a look at it. It's not complicated. It's, it's just easy to get going on there. Maybe you should just go and check out your target market and see if you can get some quick wins and in, in helping people with what you do. Love it. Love it. So well, where can people find you, Mark? Okay. So they can find me obviously on LinkedIn. 
Um, but yeah, I'm just going to give you my website because that's the easiest one to find on without all the social media handles. Mark Firth, which is M-A-R-K-F-I-R-T-H, online.com. Go on there and you can contact me and you can find all my social media handles on there and just click through. That's the easiest place to find me. Or if you type in Mark Firth on LinkedIn you, or Facebook, you're probably going to find me too. We've been uh, moving up the rankings a bit of late. Love it. Great. Well, thank you so much for um, generously sharing with us, Mark. And um, I, I really appreciate um, all that you've been willing to share. And, and this has been um, really a great amount of content you've shared. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for inviting me, Mandy. It's been my pleasure. So this is Mandy Ellipson from Hands Off CEO Podcast signing off. If you are getting a lot of value from this. What I'd love you to do is go to iTunes and um, go ahead and leave us a review that really helps other people um, find the podcast and um, for, for us to really get the message out into the world about um, scaling your, your uh, business the right way in a way that you have more freedom, in a way that you have more fun and um, obviously more profits because we all love that. Thanks so much and, and have a great day. Thank you. Do you want to get more done in less time? Mandy's offering her client-exclusive Find Time Now planners for free. These planners will help you save big chunks of time every day to invest in growing your business instead of working in it. Go to handsoffceo.com slash power hour. That's handsoffceo.com slash power hour.